Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Awesome. Awesome. Come on, you feeling good today, church? You feeling good? You look good. It's half the battle right there. So... Hey, awesome. Hey, if you would, can we, I know we just got finished clapping. Can we just welcome in all of our campuses, Orange Park, Julington Creek, online church, glad to have you. I see you, Pastor James Price at Orange Park. We love our campuses. And uh, hey, it's great to be with you today. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up. Um, It's always good to open up our Bibles when we get to church. And so Acts chapter one is where we're gonna get to in just a second. I wanna publicly uh, say thank you to Pastor Stovall and Carrie for another opportunity uh, to be with you guys here and to share the word with you. It's always a privilege. And I know, you know, just as Pastor said, he's kinda on the West Coast this weekend in LA, Las Vegas, and uh, preaching the word out there. You didn't know people going to church in Las Vegas. <laughs> Pastor's out there preaching the word. I promise he's, he's not out there rolling dice. He is preaching the word. And, uh, and so pray for him as he's out there ministering today. And uh, we're gonna have a good time in church here in Jacksonville. And uh, I love it. And the keys are behind me. It sounds so spiritual. Sounds like I just give an altar call right now. We love you, Victor. So, uh, hey, Acts chapter one is where we're gonna get. And hey, if you've been with us for the last couple weeks, um, we have started our church. Obviously, I, I love my church. I got the, I got the uh, shirt on. I love my church series. We've been discussing the vision here at Celebration Church, right? Know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Today, we're gonna be talking about that topic of discovering your purpose, but if you missed the last two weeks, Pastor Stovall really unpacked the whole knowing God and finding freedom. You can go to celebration.org and you can watch those messages if you missed it. Um, They're not just good messages, but we're talking about the vision of our church, right? If there's anything you need to get in your spirit, get in your heart, it would be the vision of the local church that you're a part of, and so you can go and catch that stuff. But today is kind of part three, week three, as we talk about discovering your purpose. Acts chapter one, starting in verse eight, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. If you don't have a Bible, it's all good. We got you covered to the screen on your left and on your right. This is Jesus talking and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he'll return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Now, now I love what it said in verse 11. If you'd like to highlight your Bible, like I, I just, I like to underline, I like to highlight, I think that messed up Bibles make unmessed up Christians. And so why don't we just maybe underline something today? I want you to underline verse 11. When the angels say to these men, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Why are you standing here staring into heaven? For uh, about the next 27, 28 minutes, I wanna speak to you um, this morning on what I have entitled, Stop Staring. Stop Staring, as we look at discovering our purpose today. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for your work. Thank you that it shapes us, it transforms us. God, it never leaves us the same when we receive your word and we apply it to our lives. So today, God, I pray that we would not just be hearers only. God, let us be doers of your word. Lord, we wanna receive it. We know you have something for us today. God, we're not gonna leave church the same way we walked in. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. 
Amen. Let me give you just a little bit of background to the passage that we just read in Acts chapter one real quick. I think it'll be pertinent for where we're going today. So Jesus has now, he's come to earth. He lived an amazing life. He did miracles, signs, and wonders. He died on the cross. He rose again from the dead. And now he's revealed himself to a whole lot of people that he is in fact alive, many of those being the disciples. And now he's leaving his disciples to go back into heaven. He's ascending into heaven to be back with the Father, and he's leaving them with some instruction. And Jesus tells them first and foremost this. He says, hey guys, I'm actually gonna leave. I'm leaving you, but don't worry because I'm gonna leave you with the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit. Now, I think we need to understand uh, the proper uh, uh, kind of understanding of the Holy Spirit. I think some people get this confused. I think a lot of people in church, they feel like, okay, God's like the big one. And so here's God and God sits on like this big throne. And then Jesus kind of sits on like a little throne to the right. And the Holy Spirit doesn't even get a throne because he just floats around everywhere. Right? I think that's what a lot of people think, but, but let's deconstruct that idea in our mind right now. There is no hierarchy amongst them. God is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And so Jesus is basically saying, even though you're not gonna see me anymore, I am leaving you with someone that is just as powerful as I am, right? This is the Holy Spirit in our life. Who's thankful for the Holy Spirit in our life every single day, right? I'm gonna leave you with the Holy Spirit, one God, three persons, this is who we serve, and so Jesus, what he's doing right here with his disciples, he's laying out his church planting model. This is how we're gonna go about it, fellas, this is how we're gonna do it. I want you to start in Jerusalem, and eventually yourself and the gospel message will spread to the far corners of the known world. Watch this, church, Jesus never meant for one local church to reach the entire world. In fact, Jesus never meant for one pastor, one preacher, one man, or one woman to reach the entire world. It was God's idea all along that many local churches would be planted and many different people would be used to get the gospel message to the far corners of the world. This is what Jesus is saying to his disciples. And so he leaves them with some direction right here. It's a simple, evangelistic, purpose-driven, mission-minded philosophy to church planting, and it goes like this. Are you ready? Like, like, this is for you and I today. It's, it's, it's so incredibly simple. This is what Jesus basically says to his guys. He said, Here, here's what you gotta do. Start where you are and work your way out. It's that simple. Here's how, here's how we're gonna reach the world. Here's how we're gonna go about this thing. You, you just gotta start where you are and then work your way out. Look at your neighbor and say, start where you are. You gotta start where you are and work your way out. What's step one to discovering your purpose and call that God has for your life? Step one is this, just start where you are. Start where you are. See, I think there's too many Christians that are caught up in the, the, the dream that God has for your tomorrow that you're missing what he wants you to step into today. Start where you are. Discovering my purpose doesn't start tomorrow. Discovering my purpose doesn't start once God promotes me and propels me. Discovering my purpose starts today. I'm not gonna wait on tomorrow. I don't have time to wait on tomorrow. Purpose is never gonna come if I keep putting it off to tomorrow. Discovering my purpose starts today. Start where you are. And so Jesus, he's instructing his disciples as he's about to leave. Now, I just put in my notes right here. Keep in mind, Jesus has lived like the best life ever. Right, he's lived an awesome life, even from the very beginning, right? Virgin birth, that's pretty remarkable. It's only happened once, right? Like Mary, like she was with no man. Here she is, she's pregnant. Like Jesus came into this world in an awesome fashion. If you ever have a friend who comes up to you and they're like, hey, I'm pregnant, but I swear I didn't, you know, they're lying. They're absolutely lying, okay? Only happened once, it's not gonna happen again, right? Virgin birth, he grows up. He's doing miracles, signs, wonders, all this kind of stuff. He's preaching things no one has ever heard before. It's absolutely incredible. He dies, 
He raises again from the dead. Now he has this glorified body, right? Glorified body. Imagine Jesus, he comes back. He, he, he gets back glorified body in the tomb. He sees the stone. He didn't even need to roll the stone away. He just walks through it. Like he's showing up to disciples. He's just walking through walls. When I get a glorified body, I will never open another door as long as I live. I'm just be like, boom, and there I am. You know, like, it's amazing, right? He shows up to the disciples and, and, and he's like, they're, they're all amazed, right? Oh my gosh, Jesus is alive. He shows them the, the, the scars in his hands and his feet and his side. All the disciples are like, man, this is incredible. You're actually alive. It really happened. But watch this, Thomas wasn't there. And so Jesus leaves and, and Thomas comes back and they all try to tell Thomas, Thomas, bro, Jesus is alive. He came back, he walked through the wall. It was incredible, you missed it. It was like a magic trick, it was, it was awesome. And, and Jesus is alive and Thomas, just like many people in our generation, nope, I don't believe it. Till I see it, I don't believe it. I, I, I'm not gonna believe it, I'm not gonna believe it. But watch this church. Jesus loved a doubter so much that he came back for him. He loved a doubter so much that he came back for him. Can we just be honest in church today? Some of us just don't get it the first time, do we? We, we read through scripture, we, we see things in the Bible, but some of us just don't get it the first time, but thank God he comes back for us. And he comes back again, and he comes back again. Maybe you're even in here today, you're watching online, you're at another one of our campuses. Maybe you have even struggled with doubt and kind of receiving the gospel message yourself. I think that the sheer fact that you're in this room this morning hearing a message about discovering your purpose is proof that God is coming back for you. Even though you maybe haven't gotten it thus far, he has you here today because he's proven to you, I'm coming back just for you. See, God doesn't just love people full of faith, he loved the doubter enough to come back for him. And so Jesus is doing all of this stuff. His disciples are amazed and he's coaching his guys right here before he leaves. And as if the story couldn't get any better, like a cloud just comes out of nowhere, just picks Jesus up. It's amazing. He's just preaching and then just bam, he just leaves and he's up in a cloud. And, and then the Bible tells us, and here's where we kind of want to focus in today. The Bible tells us this, that as Jesus is ascending on this cloud into heaven, that the disciples just just stand and they just stare. Just. <laughs> you, see, you see Jesus? Look at Jesus. Hey, Jesus, look at him. Hey, man. Hey, Jesus, it's me. It's Jesus. Like, and they just stand and stare until the Bible says they can't even see him anymore. Apparently, it was an awkward amount of time because Jesus, I guess, finally gets up into heaven and he looks down. He's like, why are they still standing there? I don't even know why they're And so he has to send two angels. He's like, go tell those idiots they can, they can stop standing. And so, so he has to send two angels down there. This is what happened. Read your Bible. Read your Bible, right? <laughs> two angels come back down and, and they ask the question, uh, hey guys, uh, why are you still standing here? Why, why are you still standing here staring? The, the same Jesus that just left you, he'll return again one day. But here's what's implied, church. You can't just stand here until he does. Oh, he, he's coming back in the same fashion that he left, but you can't just stand here until he does. You gotta stop Staring. I mean, think about it. These 11 guys are supposed to turn the world upside down with the purpose, with the call that God has on their life, but they can't do it because instead of looking out at their mission, they're stuck looking up at their missionary. Stop staring. Have you ever been stuck staring before? 
You ever been stuck staring and, and you kind of find yourself in a daze or in a daydream and, and momentarily you are completely oblivious to everything that is going on around you. You're missing everything. Your kids are setting the house on fire. You're, you're just kind of in a daydream, right? Like it's just, you, you totally are unaware of what's happening. I, I think that there are believers who might be stuck in a spiritual stare. But you see, the thing that catches me about this story is watch, the disciples actually had good intentions. They had good intentions. They were looking up to see Jesus, but they were stuck looking up for so long that they literally can't see him anymore. In their best intentions to see him, they saw nothing. Church, watch this. You can have the best intentions to try to see God, and in your best intentions to see him, you actually see nothing because you're trying to put your eyes on something when you should be putting your ear to his word. Trying to see something instead of going ahead and moving on what we've already heard God say. I've learned this in 31 years of living. When it comes to discovering my purpose, it has a lot less to do with uh, the doors that I see God opening. It has more to do with the commands that I've heard God giving. I think we're too focused on what we see. I gotta see it. I gotta see it. I, I wanna see my purpose. No, I think God's already spoke and it's just time for us to move and, and act. And Jesus literally gives his disciples a command. Hey, go. We're gonna build the church, we're gonna spread out into cities, we're gonna reach people, but instead of doing what they heard, they settled for what they saw, and it paralyzed them. Actually paralyzed them in this moment that they're stuck staring. And church in a generation in 2016 that listens with their eyes, right, has there ever been a greater Thomas generation than the one we currently live in? In a church that listens with their eyes, I wanna see it before I believe it. Until I see it, I'm not gonna believe it, no way, no how. We gotta be reminded, church, the kingdom is different. The kingdom is different than that. That's why scripture reminds us, blessed are those who hear and obey. Blessed are those who hear and obey. God's already given us the next steps in his word. When we read scripture, we find out how we can begin to put one foot in front of the other. And I'm just willing to bet that if you can just start taking steps, the purpose discovery will keep coming to you every single day. We gotta stop staring. You know, uh, my wife and I, Bethany, who's down here on the front row, been married nine years. We have a two-year-old little boy named Jude. And uh, just like most couples who are married or even dating, you know, we go out for the occasional date night, right? Uh, you, gotta, you gotta get the babysitter. You gotta do the whole date night, right? You know, even, even when you've been married a decade, you gotta still date your spouse, right? It's a whole nother message, but... Um, Anyway, so, so, you know, we, we put together a date night. So, so this is typically how it works. You know, I'll go to Bethany. I'll be like, hey, babe, you know, we got 7 p.m. reservations at this restaurant, right? So, so hon, we're gonna have to leave the house 6.45. 6.45, she's like, okay. I'm like, no, no, you say it back to me. 6.45, right? Come on, any, any fellas know where I'm going, right? 6.45, right? About 6.15 rolls around and I just kind of go back into the bedroom where she is, maybe getting ready or whatever. And I'm like, hey babe, this is just a friendly reminder. We leaving in 30 minutes. Okay, you got 30 minutes. She's like, I know, I know, leave me alone. I'm like, I'm just saying 30 minutes, right? Go back out in the, in the living room, watch the sports center or whatever, you know. And, and now, now 6.30 rolls around. So I go back in the bedroom, 6.30. I'm like, hey babe, we're leaving in 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Now this is normally when she says to me something like, okay, I'm just gonna wash my hair real quick and I'm ready to go. I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Been married nine years. I ain't never seen no 15 minute hair wash session in my life. Come on, we know that ain't happening, right? 
No, that ain't happening, right? So, so I'm like, 15 minutes, babe. I go back out and watch some more TV. I finally come back at 6.45, right? I'm like, babe, it's 6.45. I told you we're leaving at 6.45. We, we gotta go, 6.45. And this is what she tries to do. Maybe some, some men in the, in the room know this. She'll, she'll say something like this. Babe, I thought you said we were leaving at 6.55. I'm like, you better tell the truth and shame the devil right now. You know I'm not playing. You know I'm not, stop playing. 6.55, stop playing, Right? And inevitably, the moment comes where I have to go in, I give her maybe a couple extra minutes where I have to go in there and I have to say something like, babe, we're gonna be late to this reservation. Look, if you're not ready now, you just gotta get ready on the way. You're just gonna have to get ready on the way. In other words, we don't have time to sit here anymore. We, we gotta get to moving. We gotta get to going where we need to go. You gotta get ready on the way. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready on the way. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, you better get ready. You better get ready. Listen, I found this. When it comes to discovering your purpose, when it comes to discovering the call of God on your life, you gotta get ready on the way. You gotta get ready on the way. In other words, I can't just stay stationary hoping that the purpose is just gonna unfold in my lap as I just stay here. No, 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 I'm gonna start getting ready on the way. I'm gonna put one foot in front of the other. I'm gonna get involved in a serving team. I'm gonna join a group. I'm gonna go through the growth track. I'm gonna do all of these things. It's steps that I can take as God is unfolding my purpose as I get ready on the way. Because I, I, I have a fear that, that if people just sit like this saying, God, give me the purpose, you're gonna be waiting a while. You're gonna be waiting a while. But if you can learn to get ready on the way, then maybe the purpose and the call will begin to make a little bit more sense as you put one foot in front of the other. We're getting ready on the way, right? Even with our best intentions as believers, sometimes we can find ourselves paralyzed because we get stuck staring instead of doing what he's commanded us to do. So I thought about this question, like, like the disciples are staring, right? But, here, but here's the question for you and I. Do you just wanna see Jesus or do you wanna do what Jesus did? Do you wanna do what he did, right? Greater works shall you do, but not when you stare, when you move. Purpose shall you discover when you move, but not when you stare, right? So here's what I wanna do today with the time left. I just wanna give you three things. Three things that happen when we discover our purpose and we stop staring. Three things, number one, we grow numerically. We grow numerically. The moment the disciples stop staring, and took steps towards their call and purpose, the very first thing that happened is they added Matthias to their numbers in replacing Judas. They went from 11 back to 12. It's the first thing that happened. The next thing that happened, the Bible tells us, you continue to read in Acts chapter two, the Bible tells us that 120 people gather in the upper room to receive the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised. It was according to the prophecy in the book of Joel. So here they are, 120 people, they're praying, right? The Holy Spirit comes, they're, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they're speaking in new tongues, it's amazing. The next thing, they walk downstairs out into the street, Peter preaches his first message and 3,000 people get saved. It's awesome, I've never preached a message I don't think if 3,000 people got saved at one time. Like Peter is bringing that heat, it's amazing, right? Peter preaches his second message, 2,000 more people get saved. 2,000 more people, so watch this, watch this. In, in the span of one chapter in your Bible, when the disciples stopped staring and started discovering their purpose, they went from 11 to 12 to 120 to 3,000 to 5,000, just like that. Just like that. We grow numerically when we start moving, when we start discovering 
our purpose. Catch this, church. I wrote this down. That the church grows not because of talented preachers and great worship music. That's what we think a lot in, in modern day. Oh, that church is so big because they got great music. They got good music. That's why. That's, that's not why churches grow. Churches grow and they take over cities when people start to discover their purpose and begin to move in what God's called them to do. That's how the church of Jesus Christ grows. The Holy Spirit is waiting on you to bring people to him, but we can't do it when we're frozen, right? So I keep saying this word staring, staring. Let, let, me, let me talk about just what staring is. It's just, I just wrote down some bullet points. I think staring is someone who's just spectating. Staring is someone who's, who's watching, but they're not playing. Like the, like the thousands of people last night at Everbank Field, you're, you're staring. You're just spectating. You're not on the field. You're just spectating, staring. Staring is someone who's just not doing anything beneficial, maybe. Not aiding in the work. They're not involved in the mission. They're motionless, unaware, immobile, frozen, staring, just completely unaware of what's going on around them. And I just maybe kind of think that maybe there's too many well-intentioned believers who are just stuck in a spiritual stare. And the word of the Lord for you today is it's time to take some steps. I know you wanna discover your purpose and you will when you start taking some steps in what God has already told us to do. We've already heard what he needed us to do. As I minister to a lot of college students and young adults, if there's one thing that can be said, I think, about our generation is that they're never short on ideas. Everyone's got ideas, right? Like everyone's just got a million ideas on how to make a billion dollars and change the world and everyone's got an idea, right? And so a lot of times I, I, they, they come to me and they'll say, man, Pastor Clay, I got an idea for this. I have, I have a heart for this and man, I really have a heart for that and I have a heart to see this happen. I got a heart to do that. I have a heart to see our church do this. And, and, and here's kind of where I've landed. I'm less interested these days in what someone has a heart for. I'm more interested in what someone has a hand in. What, what do you have your hand in? See, I think people have a heart for a lot of great things. Maybe God gave it to you. I'm not saying he didn't give it to you. Maybe your heart is for a whole, whole lot of good stuff. But what's your hand in right now? In other words, are you a participator? Are you taking ownership of the ministry? In other words, do you got any skin in the game? Or are you an active participant in the mission and in the vision that God's given us. For us here at Celebration, there's a very practical way that we're gonna talk about. We have a mission as a church. We have a vision. Are you an active participant in the vision of our local church? We're gonna ask that question. I also thought about this. I think the longer you stay staring, right? Stop staring is what we're talking about. The, the longer you stay staring, the more opportunities the enemy has to bring distractions into your life. If, you, if you're just staring... You just welcome distractions. But see, when you're busy with the work of the Lord and you're, just, you're caught up in taking steps, you're busy doing kingdom work, it's less opportunity for the enemy to distract you. I want you to write this down. If you're a note-taking kind of person, you write this down. I will be less fooled when I am more focused. I'll be less fooled when I am more focused. I think there's people getting fooled all over the place because you're just kind of stuck staring. You're kind of motionless, kind of unaware. And the enemy just keeps tricking you. But boy, when you get busy about taking steps for your own spiritual growth and furthering the kingdom, I'll be less fooled because I'm more focused. More focused on what God's called me to do. Number two, we gotta move fast. Number two, the second thing that happens when we stop staring and discover our purpose is we grow geographically. So we grow numerically, but we also grow geographically. Watch this, the moment the disciples stopped staring, they started taking new territory for the kingdom of God. Brand new territory. As soon as they stopped staring, the gospel in the New Testament world spread like crazy throughout Europe and Asia. 
Church plants happening all over the place. People getting saved all over the place. It was, it was absolutely incredible. And, and so the question for you and I is this, I wonder what territory in your life God wants to occupy. What territory, what geography, so to speak, in your life does God want to occupy? I think there's university campuses. I think there's jobs, workplaces, businesses, cubicles, offices, family homes, military branches, sports fields, hospitals, and classrooms that God desperately wants to get into, but he's just waiting on you to bring them. What territory does God want to occupy? It's not gonna happen, though, when we stay staring. It's only gonna happen when we become movers and participators, you need to wake up every day with this type of spirit. This is what I tell our college students and young adults at Sub 30. I tell them, look, you need to approach every day like this, that today I am bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth in whatever sphere of life I live in. That's all I'm gonna do today. I approach every day with a spirit that says, I'm bringing heaven to earth right now. That, that, that's what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna usher it in. You see, you'll, you'll start to approach every new day a little bit differently when you realize that. So in other words, hey, this is not just a cubicle anymore at my workplace. This is now the official kingdom of heaven spot on earth at this business. So if you go come sit in my cubicle, you better get ready to experience heaven because I just brought heaven to earth right here. God doesn't just have me here because this pays a good salary. God has me in this job because he needed a representative here. I'm a representative. I'm bringing heaven to earth here. See, I don't just hand out, I just don't hand out chicken sandwiches at Chick-fil-A drive-thru. That's not why God has me there. There's a million people that can hand out a sandwich. God has me here to bring heaven to earth in whatever sphere of life he's placed me in. That's what we are. See, I don't know what your specific detailed purpose is. You're gonna figure it out as you keep walking and God keeps telling you step by step. But I do know this, our purpose as just a believer in Jesus is to bring heaven to earth in every sphere of life that we live. I'm gonna bring heaven to earth. See, I, I think that should inspire you tomorrow morning waking up and going to work. This is not some boring nine to five job. God has me at this job. He needed a representative here. And today I'm bringing heaven here. Today I'm bringing heaven here. Someone walks into your office, they didn't even know they just stepped into heaven. It's the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're ambassadors. I'm bringing heaven to earth. Bringing heaven to earth. Bringing heaven to earth, man, it'll change how you approach every single day. You see, I, I thought about this. I thought, I, I love what our student ministry is doing right now. I just, this kind of just, this is extra for your money right here, okay? Uh, I love what our student ministry is doing right now. Uh, they just made a massive change, our middle and high school students in the riot ministry. Uh, now, now, during the midweek, they've done, uh, they're starting what they're calling riot city groups. Riot city groups all, all over all over the Jacksonville area, riot city group. And I love it because, so, so, so instead of just coming to three locations now, instead of just coming to Julington Creek and Orange Park and the arena you know, on, on a Wednesday night, they're, they're not coming to just three locations anymore. They're doing city groups that are just spread out all over the city. You see, our students are leading the way in spreading geographically. They're leading the way. Our students are leading the way. If you're a parent of a middle and high school student, you have to get them involved in this. You have to get them involved because I, I, said it to, I said it to the Saturday night service last night because here's what I think. I, when I see students involved, I, I think that the first thing the student needs to do is you go home and you say, thank you, mom and dad, for caring so much about my future that you have me involved in a faith-based atmosphere where I can have positive, encouraging friends speaking into my life. But, but here's what I wanna say. And, and if we're not putting our students in opportunities like this and we're just sending them off to public school, you're just kind of rolling the dice on what's gonna happen after four years. But you see, we do things as a church and we have pastors like Pastor Stovall and Carrie who have a vision for the next generation so that we don't have to roll the dice 
on our middle and high school students. But we can actually have them involved in things like city groups where, man, every single week they're getting positive, faith-lifting, inspiring, motivating conversation happening amongst their peers and leaders, and, and they're growing in their faith. We've already, it just, just started not too long ago, but we've already had comments and, and testimonies, so to speak, of students in high school saying, man, I've invited my neighborhood friend to the riot when it was you know, here in the, in the physical building, and, and they were never able to come. They were never able to come to a physical building, couldn't find a ride, parents wouldn't take them across town, whatever. But when they found out that, hey, the city group's just meeting five houses down, well, now they're coming. There, there's no telling how many more students are gonna encounter Jesus and surrender their life to the lordship of him through these city groups that are happening. And our students are leading the way. The next generation is leading the way. Someone asked me one time, they were like, well, do you really think these city groups are gonna work? I mean, without like a midweek riot service, you really think these city groups are gonna work? My response, have you read Acts? City groups seem to go really, really well for the early church. Seemed to go really, really well. It was exploding, people getting discipled, filled with the Spirit, and this is what our students are doing now. They're still gonna come together for their monthly riot nights. They're gonna be inspired and, and, and just kinda lifted up and they're gonna go back out into their city groups, and it's awesome. Our students are leading the way, taking over geographically in our city. We grow geographically when we stop staring, and as the band gets ready to join me, the last one is this. The third thing that happens is we grow spiritually. We grow numerically, we grow geographically, and we grow spiritually. You know, I believe this third one to be the weightiest of them all. When you look at the 12 disciples, what you see is you kind of see like a hodgepodge group of guys. None of them were vocational religious men, you know, before they met Jesus. They're just, you know, the tax collectors, fishermen, manual labor kind of guys. And, and you read through the, the, the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and you'll see the occasional bad tempers and bickering, anger, laziness, disobedience. Like, you, you'll see the occasional stuff like that, but what, here's what I noticed, church. It's fascinating. What I noticed is that when they finally stopped staring after Acts chapter one and they got to moving, you know what happened? They all grew up. They all grew up. They grew up spiritually, that they stopped staring into heaven, hoping that their friend would come back, and they started staring their fears in the face, saying that, you know what, until he does come back, he has given me enough power and purpose to deal with this. He's given me enough to deal and to handle whatever is in front of us. You'll grow up spiritually in a whole new way when you become a mover and a participator. You know, when you walked in today, you probably saw the setup for the group's expo. If you're familiar with Celebration Church, you know we have groups exposed several times throughout the year as we begin new semesters of groups all across church life. You know, I, I love the thousands. That's not some fluffed term. There are literally thousands in our church of people who participate in groups and teams, serving teams across church life. Yeah, I, I love when I see people who have a hand in something like that because it immediately tells me they're concerned and they wanna grow spiritually. They wanna grow spiritually. They're concerned with spiritual growth. It's someone who I, I don't maybe know their background. I, I don't even maybe have to know their name, but I know enough to know that they've made the decision to stop staring so that they can grow spiritually. That they've at least made a decision to start putting one foot in front of the other, taking a few steps so that they can grow spiritually. Today, you're gonna have the opportunity to do that. And I pray to God that you don't miss the opportunity. You don't miss this coming semester to grab some information, to see, man, what, what group perhaps is for me and my wife and, and our family and even, even parents getting information about Riot City groups to get your student involved in this, right? We're gonna grow spiritually when we start taking these steps. And, and here's what I've learned in 31 years and 10 years of vocational ministry is that the most immature 
right? The most immature believer is the one who thinks they don't need relationship with others. And then, not only are you frankly immature, but you're the easiest target for the enemy. Like, like animal kingdom proves this to be true. Look no further than your local cable network, right? Animal kingdom. Like when the lion wants a gazelle on the table for lunch, he knows he's gotta do one thing. I just gotta separate this one from the rest of the pack and it's feeding time. I mean, you watch them. Like we've all seen the videos, right? They, they just run in circles and, and, and they're just all over the place until eventually one gets separated and that's all she wrote. Done. See, this is what the enemy tries to do in our life. If I, can, if I can chase them around with enough problems and maybe chaotic circumstances in their life and difficult moments, and I can throw a couple extra hurdles in their path as they're trying to walk this purpose thing out, and all, if he can somehow separate you, then it just put a bullseye on your back. But boy, if you can make the decision today and every day moving forward in your life with Jesus that I will not be separated from the pack, I will continue to do life with others in, in, in community. Life is best done in the context of community. Spiritual growth best happens in the context of community. And if you can just take some simple steps today, it's gonna allow you the, the best chance you have, such a good opportunity to grow spiritually in your relationship with God. So what do we do today, right? Obviously stop staring. Here's what I want you to do. Write this down, so simple. Take a step, take a step. Notice what I didn't say. What I didn't say is take some steps. It's not what I said. Take a step, take a singular step today. You don't even have to run the whole Christianity marathon today. Just take a step. So I wrote down a, a list of just a few steps, practically speaking, that maybe you need to take today. Maybe one of these, I'm sure, fits, fits everyone in the room. So maybe there's some people in here today, your first step is simply, you just gotta say yes to Jesus. I'm gonna say yes to Jesus. I've been running from God, haven't been serving God, haven't really wanted anything to do, but I found myself here today or watching online or wherever, and, and, and I feel like, like he's tugging on my heart. He wants a relationship with me, and he does. And maybe today your step is, is just, I'm gonna say yes to Jesus Christ in my life. Maybe for other people, your step is, is jumping into the God First Life growth track immediately after service. Heard Pastor Layton talking about it earlier, right? Today we're talking about in growth track, discovering your purpose, gonna give you some practical tools to help you go about discovering your purpose. Maybe that's your step today. I'm gonna discover my purpose. I'm gonna jump in that because I understand now the mission, I understand the vision, and I'm gonna get some skin in the game. I'm gonna participate. I'm gonna take ownership of this vision that we have here in our local church. Maybe your step is joining a group in the, in the groups expo on your way out. Maybe you love God, you, you enjoy coming to church, but you don't have near enough encouraging voices in your life. You don't have near enough faithful friends in your life. Maybe your step today is joining a group in the groups expo. Parents, maybe your step today is to help your students get in these riot city groups, right? I'm glad, I'm glad you got a pulse on your spiritual growth, but, but some of us with, with underage minors in the house, you gotta help them get a pulse on their spiritual growth. So, so maybe you're gonna help your students even take a step today. Maybe the step for some people is just making the commitment to take ownership of your faith, and watch this, just making church a priority every week. I know we're coming off summer, we, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying never go on vacation, that's not what I'm saying, nothing like that, but, but maybe it's just you, you realize now that, man, if I, wanna, if I wanna really get serious about this spiritual growth stuff, I, I gotta start to prioritize the house of God. I gotta start to prioritize it. You know, the last one I thought of is, is just as simple as maybe your step today is just an area of generosity. 
Maybe it's an area of just tithing and giving and you, f- you feel like maybe God's kind of been knocking on your heart for a while about that particular area and today's the day where you're like, you know what, God, I've, I've kind of been avoiding this for a while and I know what your word says. I've heard what your word says about this, this area and I, I'm gonna start to be a generous person. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start to be obedient to what your word says about giving and resourcing and being generous in the kingdom of God. Everyone I'm willing to bet has a step that they can take today. And, and the last thing I'll say is this. It's just a saying in regards to spiritual growth and discovering your purpose. I tell our young adults all the time, it goes like this. If you wanna go fast, go alone. But if you wanna go far, go together. If you wanna go fast, go alone. Sure, go alone. You might go fast for a little while, but, but, but then see, see the thing about scripture is it'll, it'll, it'll mess all this up because scripture reminds us that the race is not given to the swiftest. It's given to the one who endures. We'll go far when we do it together. You know, I, I think the secret sauce behind the disciples being so successful when you look at Acts and into the New Testament is that they did it together. They were constantly motivated, inspired, encouraged, edified, lifted up, prayed for by one another. Spiritual growth, discovering your purpose, church, is always best done in the context of community. And we have an opportunity to actually take practical steps in that today. Why don't you stand to your feet? I wanna pray for you. Over time, just a little bit. But why don't you just go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. I just wanna pray for us. We've, we've heard some practical steps and I think that's, that's our altar moment today. Our altar moment today is we're gonna put practical steps in place. So Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I, I thank you for the mission and vision that you've given our pastors for our local church. God, what a privilege it is to join in on that. Lord, today I just pray that as the word was kind of going out, God, that you were just knocking on people's hearts, God. You were helping people understand practically what next step they need to take. God, there's, there's a, a next step for all of us. God, today all of us are gonna walk out of here. We're gonna do something. We don't have to run the whole race, but God, we're just gonna put one foot in front of the other today. Lord, I pray that in the days ahead, you would continue to, uh, to empower and inspire us. God, give us discernment and wisdom and creativity in regards to how you want us to go about following you, God. And Lord, we trust and we know, we are faith-filled that every step of the way, we're gonna discover more and more and more about our purpose. God, the purpose isn't a question of does it exist? Lord, we know it exists. We know you have a call. You've graced us, you've saved us, you've called us, and you've purposed us, just like you said in the book of Timothy. God, we love you. And Lord, today we thank you that we can take a next step and your Holy Spirit's gonna empower us to do it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Come on, let's give God praise one more time. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.